Count the cost. Count the cost. I don't think it's an accident that uh, last week Shane talked about the cost of grace. The cost of grace. And the week before that, Pastor Ben probably at least five times in his message said this love of Jesus that we get to embrace and get to receive is, was expensive. He said it four or five times in that message. It's expensive. It's expensive. And, you know, next week we celebrate the risen Jesus. And uh, so I don't think it's an accident that two weeks in a row we've heard about this costly gift that we get to uh, freely receive. Uh, We freely receive it, but it costs something. It costs something. It costs our Savior his life. It costs our Father sent his Son for us and uh and i think that there's times because we're so i mean we you know we we've many of us have followed jesus for a long time but we also have people in our midst who are new followers of jesus but i think sometimes we don't stop often enough to consider that cost to count the cost our word for the years walk into this walk into the increase He's asking more of us than he's ever asked of us before. He's asking us to step into things we've never done before. And, 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 and some of it may be, you know, ministry. Some of it may just be things in our walk with him that he's, he's asking us to do that, uh, that uh, we've never done before. And it's going to cost us something. And the scriptures encourage us to count the costs, count the costs. Uh, and, there, and there's reasons for that. Uh, the passage I'm going to look at initially is just this passage from, from Luke where it just says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? And we'll look at this in fuller context here in a little bit. But that's, that's what we're doing today. And I want, I want you even, you know, just even in this room this morning for a little bit, uh, ask yourself, what's, what? What does it cost me? Has it cost me anything to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it cost me? Uh, and, you know, I was thinking about this. In some, in some countries, uh, you know, they, 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 they live on the edge of their lives. I mean, they're, they're, they could be killed for following Jesus. We don't, haven't faced that much in the United States, if at all. I, I know I haven't. Um, you know, the most I've faced as a follower of Jesus in terms of, of, of uh, ridicule. Yeah, it costs me things in terms of my time and my energy and things like that. But as far as uh, as far as uh, backlash from people, I mean, yeah, I've probably been made fun of over the course of my life. Big deal, you know. I've had, probably had people reject me a little bit. Big deal. Uh, but nobody's tried to take my life yet, you know. And uh, so, but I think it's really important for us to. What's 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 the cost? What, give give some thought today. What's it cost you? What's it what's it require of you to uh, to be a follower of Jesus? What's what's he require of me? Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Well, let's first sit down and estimate the cost. This was expensive, Pastor Ben said. Grace costs something. Costs something. Now, I'm not talking about earning our way to heaven. We're not, you know, don't, don't everybody confuse that. I know you, most of you know that. We're not talking about earning anything. We don't, not one of us can earn any of this. But when we say yes to him, when we say yes to him, I'm going to follow you. Then we begin learning what that means. And then we, we, we begin putting into practice the things that we read in the scriptures that tell us how to live this life out. 
and it requires things of us. Not salvation, but following him. We sang it this morning. The more I seek you, so that's an active word. Seeking him is an active word. This isn't a, I'm coming to church on Sunday because it's my obligation and it's Sunday, so that's what I do. But no, we come here to help us learn how to seek him. And in a context like this, we're seeking him together. But yet, it's also very personal. I don't know what all you're thinking and what all's going through your mind as you're sitting there and what all he's doing in your heart as, you're, as, you, as, as we sit in these seats. So it's personal and it's corporate. But the song says, the more I seek him, the more I find him, and the more I find him, the more I love him. And so this is all this amazing love relationship. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. I want to feel your heartbeat. I want to come up close against you. That's a love relationship that is tangible. It's real. It's not just this ethereal experience that we have once in a while. No, we get to live life like that. He says, come close to me. Come boldly into the throne room. He invites us to come close to him. And so what does that, what does that require of me? What's the cost? What's the cost? So here's the context of this verse. Uh, again, from Luke, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now let's pause there for a minute. Um, obviously, there's teaching in scripture says love your mother and father respect them honor them uh he's not saying hate your mother and father he's saying in comparison to your love for your for me it might look like that he's saying i want it to be that clear cut how much you love me how much you love me so i don't want to be confused to say i'm supposed to hate my mother i'm supposed to hate my father i'm supposed to hate my wife and my children i'm supposed to love my wife i'm supposed to love my children yes you are yes you are I love my wife and my daughter. But even as I say that, I love my Jesus more. My love for Jesus more enables me to love my wife and my daughter and my, later this fall, grandchild. <laughs> Yay! He enables us to do that. Without, without his love, I wouldn't know how to love. I might think that I do, but I don't. I didn't. I know who I was before Christ. I know what he is making me to be. So large crowds were following Jesus, and, and, and he's teaching them. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. So here's where he says this. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. This person was began to build and wasn't able to finish. I wrote it here at the top of my notes, and I just wrote this this morning as I was just reviewing things. You know, as a, as a body, as a people, uh, you know, and again, there's people in this room that are have recently come to know Jesus, and at some point, that was you. At some point, you came to know Jesus. You said, yes, Lord, to 
I can't handle life by myself. I need to be forgiven. Uh, and, I, and, he, and he set us on a course. So at some point, that, that work began. Uh, but I wrote here at the top of my notes, we're not interested in having uh, anyone come in here and say, yes, Jesus, and then a month later, five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, say, nah, I'm going to quit this race. No, we, we want this race to be one that continues, that we're continuing, continually growing and being nurtured and being, being taught and being re- refined and throwing things off that don't matter anymore. Uh, this has been, a, you know, this has been a, 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 for many of you in this room, I, mean, I look at a Gill and I look at a Conrad and I look at a Sloan and a, you know, a, an Allender and, and, and Martin and Elizabeth and you know, the Foster. And others. It was, I mean, I could go all around this room and there are many examples who went before us who have fought the good fight and continued to fight the good fight, the candles. You fight the good fight and they're examples to us. And we learn from one another and we learn about perseverance but these are people who have counted the cost and they've said, I'm all in. They've said, I'm all in. And they didn't just say it once in their life. They still say it to, to this day, I'm all in. You know, we, the sanctuary doors open at, at 9 o'clock every Sunday and people come in here and just it's very informal prayer. People sit at their seats. Some sit kneel at the altar. Some wave flags. It's very informal. There's no... There's no structure, particular structure to it. But what I love is, is uh, these people, some of them I mentioned, you know, the Sloans are in here, the Kesslers are in here, the, the Candles are in here, the Conrads are sometimes in here. And, and, they're, and because they're counting the cost. They're still counting the cost. Still counting the cost. And those are examples to us. Again, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. There's nothing, well, there's many things that at times grieve me about this, about uh, things I observe in this walk, but one of them is somebody begins a race and for whatever reason says, no, thank you. For whatever reasons gets overcome by, uh, or overwhelmed by the past or overwhelmed by, by sin. And, and uh, because we still have the answer, the answer is still Jesus. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He never, and, and he means it. It's true. So we're not interested. We're not interested in, in, in just a partway race. Um, I, was, uh, I was reminded, uh, it was 2009, which uh, was my first full year as the pastor here. Uh, and I ran a marathon. And I had trained, you know, 2007 I began training for the marathon. And 2008 I you know, it was training and clear up into the marathon was in May, and uh, and I remember, I remember one of my goals with the marathon was first of all to complete it. That was my that was my number one goal was to complete it. But secondly, is I don't want to walk any of it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for myself, it was a personal goal. I don't want to walk any of it. I want to run every single step. The scripture talks about this walk as a as a race, as a race, and uh, and I kind of was I was thinking about that marathon, and that was my goal was to run every step. That's how I want this this walk with him to be. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to sit down from this walk, and I don't want any of us to sit down from this walk 
forever. Now, it doesn't mean I don't take rests. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, sleep at night or, or take breaks in my life and vacations and things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I don't ever want to take a break from Jesus. And he doesn't want any of us to take a break from him. Which means we engage with him every single day. Every single day. So, the second example here uh, that's in this passage says, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another, won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a, de- a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. He's like, okay, there's too many people here. If we don't have enough, there's too many people here. I'm, I'm going to give up before we start. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Boy, those are pretty strong terms. Those are pretty strong terms. And and we have to ask ourselves, am I willing willing to count that cost to say, oh my goodness, what do you mean give up everything? What's that? What What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? You know, as I was looking at this verse... You know, and I was, I was especially struck in this verse, and I don't know that I ever noticed this particular part. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men? If he, does he have enough people? Does he have enough people? And I was thinking about this, um, with this whole word for the year, walk into the increase, and this come to the table uh, thing we've been doing. Um, you know what's awesome is that, it, it, I, I said this from the very beginning, that as we're walking in the increase, that some of this scares me at times. Because it's, we're doing some things that are different that we have not done before. But what's awesome and, and what has helped to give me so much encouragement and so much uh, confidence, first of all, Jesus, he always does, but is we have enough people. We have people that are, that are and many of you are sitting in our midst, people who are, who are saying, I want to be part of this work. I want to be part of this walk in the increase. I want to be part of what God's doing in this body. And I want to participate. And so there's great peace in knowing that as we step out, and, and part of counting the cost is knowing that people will step up. People will step up because they've proved themselves. They've proved themselves. People step up because they're invested. They've counted the cost of what it means to follow Jesus, and now they've counted the cost of what it means to, to be part of a local body, to be committed to that local body. And that is something that is fluid. That is something that is, uh, that, is, that is tangible, that is also infectious. I was, um, a couple of weeks ago, if you, ever, if you haven't seen them yet, we, uh, we were able to buy a bunch of uh, the, white, the white Lifeline chairs, new ch- chairs. We bought 200 white Lifeline chairs. And, and um, so we were able, to, we knew they were, we were going to be able to get them, but it was going to cost us money if we could just go get them ourselves rather than have them delivered. Well, you know, of course, if we can go get them ourselves, we're going to save money, you know. And, 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 I, and I say that, that's just another indication that we're always trying to be good stewards of money. If we can save some money, we're going to do it. And so, so anyway, uh, so we made the plan to go get them. Well, uh, so it was on a Wednesday, and I said, well, we'll just put them, you know, just when we get them, we'll just put them in the, in the fellowship hall, 
and Men of Valor meets tonight, and I'll just volunteer Men of Valor to put them away. I didn't ask Men of Valor. I just said, I'm going to volunteer Men of Valor to put them away. We'll start our class by just putting them away. So, so you know, we came in for Men of Valor that night, and we had a very large group that night. Uh, almost 30, I believe, guys were there that night. And uh, I said, okay, before we get too settled, here's what we're going to do. We have 200 chairs we have to take wrapping off of, take stickers off of. We have to date them. We, we put our elf on it and, our, and this, the date we got them just you know, just so that we know if we have other people come in and bring chairs sometimes, so we'll know who those are that are ours. Anyway, so this is what we have to do. You know what was awesome is I didn't I didn't really even think I should ask them first because I know we have enough people. I know we have enough people. I knew that you know that was a simple cost to consider. That okay, we're go, I'm going to ask the guys to do this, but I know the hearts of this group. And they want to serve, and they want to help, and they want to do whatever they can to. And, and again, that's a simple thing. Uh, you know, the one, the one. Uh, I think it was last week. Willie uh, came in for the dinner at night, and he's like, "Well, who set all this up already? Why, why don't? Why didn't you call us?" Why, you know, well, it doesn't take that long. But he, but they want to help. People want to help. Be a part of this, and that's counting the cost. And it may seem like a really, really simple thing to you. But it's not. It's not. And I'll tell you what. Uh, the, we, we had a blast putting chairs away and taking paper off of them, you know, working together. It, it is to accomplish a goal. It's to accomplish the goal. It, it, it may seem really simple. But it's not. We're all invested in this thing we call Abundant Life Fellowship, this thing we call Following Jesus but we give thought to what we're doing. We give, you know, what, what does this require? What, is this, what does this require of us? And we're continually asking that question. What does this require of me? What does this require? In Philippians, uh, we read this from Paul to the church at Philippi. My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And Pastor Ben references this verse a lot. The, the, you know, part of this, again, part of this counting the cost, and part of walking this life out is, walking this out is that, hey, hey, I, I'm just being obedient, and being obedient is working out my salvation. It's just it, doing what I'm doing is part of this, this surrender that I gave to him and said, Lord, use me. Send me, do what you want with me, but it requires something of me. It requires something of me to work out my salvation. What with fear and trembling, and, you know, the fear and trembling is simply that I'm reverencing him throughout my life. You know, I'm not walking around scared every day. I, that, that, I don't mean that at all. But I'm walking around with the acknowledgement that you're leading me and you're in the midst of my life and you're. And this is the most amazing, amazing life we could ever have is following him. And sometimes it has trials and sometimes it has difficulties and sometimes it has challenges and sometimes things go our way and sometimes they don't. But he's in the middle of all of it. For it is God who works in you 
to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He's the one who's making the deposits in us as we, as we go about life and obey him and follow him. and That whole idea of seeking him intentionally. Do everything then. Here's, here, this is good. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. You know, uh, one of the, one of the uh, you know, I talked earlier about somebody falling away from Christ or saying they kind of give up on their walk with him. What, another thing that is, is disturbing to me that bothers me sometimes in the body of Christ, and unfortunately I don't, I don't observe a lot of this around here, and I don't, I'm guessing it goes on at times, but, uh, but it disturbs me is believers who grumble and complain. Who, who, that, who that, that's part of their walk. That, the scriptures are very clear, very clear. If, don't grumble and complain. Don't grumble and complain. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. There's something about not grumbling and complaining that's doing some sort of refining work in us when we say, well, okay, I don't like that, but I'm just going to... That won't be helpful for that, so let's just... yeah. Pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Boy, uh, those words... Those words are so more relevant today than they were last year. Our culture continues to become more warped and crooked. But here's what he says. Here's what he says about why it's so important for us to count the cost, for us to work out our salvation, for us to continue to press in intentionally to follow him so that you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Now, that's not to say, I'm putting a spotlight on Keith and, 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 and Margaret so that their names are held in high esteem, so that they shine, so that they shine, shine. No, it's ultimately for Jesus to shine through them. You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Counting the cost. How many times, how many times has Pastor Ben said, read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word. He's not trying to pound it into us. He's not trying to make it into some sort of legalistic thing we have to do every day. No, he's saying, this is going to be the, this is the word of life that we get to give away. This is the word of life that is going to help us discern truth from fiction in a warped and crooked generation, in a warped and crooked culture. It's going to help us to be able to say, no, that's not right going to help us to reject things we hear in all manner of places in these days that are just plain wrong and deviate from the truths of scripture so that's why we say over and over again ground yourself in that word it's going to help you it's going to help you it's going to ground you it's going to tell you the truth always You'll shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. 
And he said, then I'll be able to uh, boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. You know, I have written my notes, you know, again, counting the cost. You know, we announced last week we, we, we this belonging conference young, for young girls in November. You know, before, when this was first pitched, uh, just from a very practical standpoint, we counted the cost. We said, okay, what, what's this going to cost? You know, we're, we're not going to just dive into something without knowing what it's going to cost. And so, you know, Samantha and, the, and her team, they came up with, with estimated costs of what this was going to be. And we were able to announce last week that that cost, if you, if you looked at the chart coming in the front door, that, that, pink, that pink thermometer is completely full. It's completely full. Praise God. And you know what's amazing about that and really awesome about that? Well, there's a lot of things about it, and I could probably spend the rest of this time just talking about that. Uh, but it, 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 we, can now, we can now focus on promoting this event and getting the people here. And we don't have to, you know, we don't have to, you gave, you gave, and many others gave. And now we can, now we can let people know and, Tell them in ways maybe we've never, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for all the promotion is, but maybe there'll be a billboard. Maybe there'll be a TV ad. Maybe there'll be a, I don't know what all the plans are. But we have to count the cost. You know, and you know, counting the cost isn't always financial. You already heard me say, counting the cost of following him, what is it going to require for me in terms of my time? You know, many of you, and, and, and you know, it was relate this to the whole idea of studying the, reading the word. You know, I said this many, many years ago. I think it was before I was a pastor, but I think I was speaking one particular Sunday. And I said, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a planned time, if you don't plan for time alone with Jesus, if you don't plan for time alone reading the Word or praying or worshiping or whatever that looks like to you, whatever elements there are to that, you won't do it. And I remember encouraging people, plan 10 minutes, start with 10 minutes. Say, I'm going to take 10 minutes. It will require something of you. You might have to set your alarm to get up earlier. You may have to shut off the TV or put your phone down. You may have to separate yourself from whatever whatever is taking up your space. But it's part of the cost. It's part of the cost. And it's it's not complicated, but it's necessary. Well, if I'm going to do this, what's it going to require of me? You know, as we launched into this come to the table, and again, knowing that we had so many people who said, yes, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help, and every week there's been plenty of help. Never, we've never had a shortage of help. Never had a shortage of help. But it's required things of people. Some people have had to make things. Some people have had to come early to get things ready. I mean, it requires something. But I can tell you this. As we're obeying him, it's not a drag. It's not a drag. I don't, I don't think I've heard even one discouraging word about any of this. We're simply being obedient, but there's costs involved. Costs. You want to be involved in ministry? It's going to cost you some emotions. It's going to cost you some emotions. There's going to be times when you just don't want to do it. When you just don't want to do it. 
but you do it anyway. If we ever just do things because we feel like it, because it, oh, I feel like doing this today, there's going to be times when you're called, but you don't feel like it. Sometimes our calling and our feelings don't match up. <laughs> and you've got to be able to throw the feelings off, say, no, I'm called, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to fight through the, fight through the distraction of whatever reason, whatever's going on that makes me not want to do it, and do it anyway. Do it anyway. Last two weeks in the Men of Valor class, we've looked at a word, and in 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 the word is metamorphosis. And if you're a woman who comes to the Oasis, you're, I think you're going to talk about it a little bit this week. But see, when, when I say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, metamorphosis starts to take place. It's not just this osmosis thing. It doesn't just... You're a follower of Jesus, zap, you're changed. A little bit, because, because I follow Jesus and ask for forgiveness of sins, and immediately my sins are forgiven. There's nothing I can do to earn that or work that up. I ask and he does that. But now, i got to walk this out so that I don't fall into the same traps that led me to sin in the first place. Because now I'm a new creation in Christ. New creation of Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, that could be translated, the new is coming, because it's a process, it's continually. It's not like it's come and once for all, and now I'm complete. No, I'm still breathing on this earth in this fleshly body, so it's ongoing. But it requires of me. Throw off everything that hinders, the scripture says. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So throw it off. What does that look like? Well, for each one of us, it's, it looks something different. It's not cooking. Remember this verse, this first verse talked about carry your own cross. Pick up your cross. Your cross. That means walking this out. Walking out your own walk of salvation. That means, means applying the scriptures to your life in those very specific ways that they apply to the specific details of your life. And then let him mold and shape you into the things he's molding and shaping you to be. Well, we've got to count the cost. What, is it, what does this require of me? Well, Romans tells us about this whole idea of metamorphosis. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Again, how do I renew my mind? The word of God renews my mind every single day. Every single day. And you may say, well, I read that before. Great, read it again. Meditate on it again. You'll probably get more, even more revelation. There's things I've read many, many, many times, and I'm still, oh, I never saw that before. Because when we have this fluid unfolding walk with him holy spirit is always present just moving and and if he gave it to us all at once we couldn't handle it we couldn't get it all but here's what again what it says 
When we do that, here's what it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will for us is not to, for us to just become these stick in the muds and we don't have any fun. And No, he's got a great adventure in store for every one of us. Every one of us. Every one of us. We've got to count the cost. Well, here's a cost that Jesus told his disciples about that if they wanted to follow him, They'll be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Part of the cost might be that your family might reject you. Now, again, we're living in a country where, where you know, where uh, you're not necessarily going to be killed if you follow Jesus. Some countries... You say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. You're exiled and potentially killed. Excommunicated from the family for sure. But the scripture tells us. I remember when I was first kind of coming into my relationship with Christ. and uh, I think my parents were a little worried that I was becoming this religious nut. And they probably weren't wrong. But I think after a while they saw that something was real. And I remember challenging them at times. I remember as a, you know, I was a new believer coming out of college, moving back home for a short time before I, before I moved. And, uh, and I remember my mom saying, are you going to church with us? And I was probably just being a little difficult than I was really being obstinate. I, she'd say, are you going to church with us? And I'd say, why should I do that? Because I wanted to hear what the answer was. I wanted to hear what the real reason was that I should go to church. And the answer was, well, because you should. And I remember, I remember again, probably being a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit uh, ornery, saying, that's not good enough. That is not a good enough reason to go, for me, it's not a good enough reason for me to go to church just because I should. Now, I know it's the right thing. Don't get me wrong. I know it's the right thing, but because I've, because I've learned that it's the right thing, I've learned that going to church is the right thing because when I'm there, when I'm there, I learn. When I'm there, I get, to, I get to study. I get to fellowship. I get to interact with fellow believers and we're being molded and shaped together as we learn together. But I didn't know any of that then. I didn't know any of that then. So taking a step for Jesus will require something of you. And it may require something of you with your family. Your family may not like it. 
They may not like it. Well, then there's this. All men will hate you because of me, because he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now, I have to say, I, haven't, I have not, I don't think I've experienced the reality of that. There's people who have not liked me. Many of my, uh, many of my uh, newspaper colleagues from my newspaper days um, have either blocked me or they haven't defriended me, but they've blocked me because I share scripture on Facebook a lot. And I'm, yeah, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. And, um, you know, and, I mean, I worked with these people, and they know, and they know, I mean, they know I love Jesus, and, you know, we always, ha- we always had a really, you know, pretty good relationship with all that, but, um, but I think they probably think I've gone a little bit too far. And I say, okay, the truth is the truth, you know, the truth is the truth. And part of our word for this year is don't hold back. Don't hold back. And so I'm not holding back. And I'm trying to encourage others, don't hold back. You know? And there's a way to do this and that doesn't have to be, you know, uh, disrespectful and and rude, or uh, I, I get that. But the Lord's raising up a people who are counting the cost of what it means to follow him, and in the middle of that, he's going to use us. In the middle of that, he's going to have us shine like stars in the universe, not to call attention to us, but to call attention to him. Because there's a whole lot of people who are looking for something solid, true, steadfast, that's not going to crumble, that's not going to fall apart, that's not going to Start and not then not finish. I don't know what all the expectation was when Abundant Life first started down on Taylor Street. I don't know whether the community thought, well, that won't last. Well, that won't stick around. But Pastor Don Pauline did a really, really great job of just establishing a firm, firm, firm foundation of becoming part of the community, and that continues to this day, where we're here and people know we're here, and they know that we're reliable, they know that we're we can be counted on, and they still wonder how. What are, oh, there's a lot of cars going on that property. What's that all about? Well, we'll tell you what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about following Him, and it's about staying true to Him. But we've counted the cost and we're still counting the cost. What will this require of me? But some people might not like it. All men will hate you because of me. Now, I don't think we've reached that yet, but I think there's a day coming. There's a day coming. And, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a time person in terms of you know, figuring out what dates and wins and all that. But I tell you, the scripture tells us that the increase of wickedness is going to grow worse and worse. I think we see it. We see it. 
But those are also the very people, the very people that we're to minister to. The very people. The very, the very people. Woo! We love our children. Oh, you're right. You're right. We, we love our children. If you, just go get them. You did. You did the right thing. Just, yeah. It's a good example. When that happens, just go get them. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Don't let them. Don't let them keep doing it. You know, just go get them. Future musicians. That's right. Prophetic word. Future musicians. Awesome. Count the cost. Count the cost. What's he requiring of you? What's he requiring of you? Close with this verse. You who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to anyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And then this very familiar verse, do to others as you would have them do to you. Boy, there's a lot of summation right there in that those verses. A lot of summation. Not everybody's going to like what we do for Jesus. Not everybody's going to accept it. Don't seek your own revenge when that happens. Count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. Let's stand. I don't know how many. Uh, I don't know how many people got the paper, got a newspaper today, but I was reading. Um, there's a story on the front page of the Salem News, and, uh, and, and this, I don't know, just, this struck me. Uh, it's called Rock Solid, R-O-C Solid, and uh, the rock is a youth ministry in Salem, and I don't know how many of you guys remember, uh, Bethany, Bethany Cato will remember, and Emma, and some others, but about, I think it was... This is about my second or third or fourth year as the pastor. But we, uh, The Rock, is celebrating its 10th anniversary as a ministry in Salem, as a youth, as a youth center. And uh, about, four, yeah, about three or four years into, into my being the pastor, we had at least, I think at least two, maybe three years in a row, we uh, had, uh, had relay teams that were in what was called Race for the Rock. And it was these obstacle courses, and we, you know, went through mud pits and went down slides, like water slides, and did all kinds of things. But what was awesome is, uh, it, 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 when I read, I read the whole article, and I didn't, it hadn't even connected that dot that we were part of that. But there was a time after that that the, the, uh, the race, races ended. They, they stopped. I think the, the kid that kind of coordinated those races, you know, he was a college student at the time, and I think eventually he, you know, graduated and moved away. And so there wasn't any fundraising going on. And it was even, I had heard a couple of times that the, the rock was in danger of closing. And uh, so when I read this today, I was very excited to see they're celebrating 10 years. And the story is really cool in that 
a couple of the guys that are now that are now among the leadership of it were people that received from it. This one kid that talked about a friend invited him to come to the rock, and he gave his life to Christ, and he's now married, and he's and, and, and he's in ministry, and it was all because of this ministry. And I, I don't know, I, I it struck me because they're, they've counted the cost of what it means to, you know, they're they're completely uh, they have no no formal funding. They're, they're completely funded by just the support of of people that, in the community and groups and churches and things like that. But I thought, man, you guys had a part of that. You guys had a part of, of this by being part of the Race for the Rock because that was a fundraiser. And we did, it, I think, two or three years. But that's an example of counting the cost. Ten years later, this ministry is still standing. It's not only still standing, it's doing really, really well through difficulty and And the fact that its leadership is now among those who were received from it. That's what, that's what the gospel is all about. You share the gospel with somebody and they receive it. And then they share the gospel with somebody and somebody else receives it. That's what this disciple, making disciples, is all about. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for uh, just, you're so faithful. You're so faithful to us. And we give you all the praise for all that you do. But I pray for just a little bit this morning that we will continue to count the cost. That we'll ask ourselves, what are you requiring of me in this day? What are you requiring of me to enlarge the place of my tent? What are you requiring of me to open the tent curtains wide? What are you requiring of me to not hold back? Where do you want me to speak or to be a voice or to be an influence that I'm not currently? What do you want of me to strengthen my stakes? What do I need to throw off that is hindering? What sin is still entangling me that you want to take care of? Lord, we acknowledge in this place today that your love to us is expensive. It costs you your life. But you gave it and you went willingly. Your grace, your mercy, do you administer to your people every day? It costs you your life. And we tap into it because we need it continually. So I pray, Father, that you will just take us where you want us to be. Pray blessing on this people today. Pray blessing on this people today. It's all for you, Jesus. All for you and only you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.